Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I am here, of course, as always, with former NFL player James Loving. So, James, how was your week? Oh, I had a good week. Just waiting for this week to learn a little about what's going on with this college stuff, you know. I don't understand it, but I guarantee when I get off the phone today, what I guess, I'm going to know everything about it because I just don't get it. I don't get what's going on. It's kind of crazy. But, Chris, it's going to be a good day, right? It's always a good day, especially when we have our favorite guru, college football guru, Mark Slauson. Mark, thank you for coming on and, uh, again, letting us know and educating everybody on, on college football. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys and, uh, and uh, hopefully clearing up James's poor, poor mind. <laughs> don't forget mine too don't forget mine but, but you, know, you know what Mark That's I gotta true. say you know I, I was I, I've you know I used to watch college football way back in the day and then you know as of as of maybe the last oh 15 years I kind of went by the wayside with me but since we've had you on and you've educated us on a few things I too tend to watch a little bit more college football and, and I'm in the That's know all. I can tell people I'm in the know th- thanks to you well, that's great. You should. Everybody should watch college football, in my opinion. I think it's the best uh, sporting event available in America. And, uh, yeah, the more the merrier. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great, great – it has some it has some issues, like uh, James mentioned. But, um, yeah, I, I love watching it. It's my favorite time of the year. And, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about it. All right. Well, okay, before we uh, – go ahead, James. Go ahead. I'm going to have a bone to pick with Mark. I don't know when I'm going to pick it, but I'm going to pick a bone with him about something. So, you know, so, so uh, you, you, you just give me a signal, and, and I'll back off and let you do your thing. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. So, 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 let's now. get started. Um, so I, I, I know we want to talk about the the college play college playoffs and, and, and all that and the bowl games, but before that, there's a couple of, of – important things that kind of happened in the last couple of weeks. And I just want to, you know, discuss it with you guys and, and see where, see where you guys go, lie with this. So let's get going. Um, rumor has it that Jim Harbaugh wants back in the NFL. His agent has reached out to both the Packers and the Browns. You know, not all college coaches are a fit for the NFL. Harbaugh has already coached in the NFL and has a proven track record with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, after this first rumor came out, then Harbaugh came forward and saying that, you know, he's staying with Michigan, you know, he's not leaving, you know, he's not, he's, he's, he's not coming back to the NFL. So to you, what do you think uh, the, the truth is? You know, is, has, has his agent really been looking or is he planning on staying with Michigan? So, Mark, t- tell, tell us your thoughts on this. I think that was a, a planted story. Honestly, I think it was, I heard um, Chris Carter, who is a former Ohio State wide receiver and now a media person, he was the one that was kind of uh, perpetuating that rumor. And I think right now is kind of the crunch time as far as recruiting goes for 
colleges. And I think it was put out there to, to sabotage Michigan's recruiting class. I really do. I don't think Harbaugh's going anywhere. I do think he would do great in either of those roles, quite honestly. Um, he, he did great. I mean, he was unbelievable as the, the 49ers coach. Got him to two Super Bowls. Uh, actually, got him to an uh, NFC championship and a Super Bowl. Um, and I think his style of coaching is really suited more towards the NFL. Um, so, but yeah, I, I don't believe that for a minute. I really don't. I, I don't think that, um, I don't think he has an eye on moving to the pros right now. He's got a lot of unfinished business at Michigan. He's a proud alumnus. And I think he's not going to feel satisfied with, with what he's done at Michigan until he can, you know, beat Ohio State consistently or even one time. He's, he's over against them and do a better job against Michigan State and Penn State. I mean, they, they really struggled against the good teams of the Big Ten. And I think he's really trying to, you know, cement his legacy amongst uh, the, you know, Michigan alums. And uh, I, don't, I don't see him leaving until he feels like he's made a difference and, and put that program in a much better place. And I do think he has, but such a glaring lost this year to Ohio State just to get absolutely smoked. Uh, I think that really, it's, it's, I wouldn't imagine him leaving on that note. I think that he's uh, you know, a prideful guy, and I, I do think that he's, he's going to try to get the, that, that program to, to, to where they can beat Ohio State. And then once he feels like he's really uh, elevated that program to you know a top five kind of program, then I, I think he'll he'll entertain those options if he wants them. But I, I don't think he's going anywhere. And again, I, I really feel like this time of year, there's all kinds of rumors that happens every year, and there's you know it's I think a lot of it's put out by other teams that have a, a vested interest in uh, that kind of news coming out. Again, Ohio State and Michigan, they compete for the same recruits. And if there's a thought out there that Harbaugh is not going to be around, you know, it might sway a recruit to, to decide to, to not go there and to go to Ohio state or go somewhere else. So I think, uh, I think that, that was a kind of a BS rumor and, um, I don't think he's going anywhere for, for a good while. Hmm. So planet story, James, what, 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 what do you so. think on that? Well, one, one, I have to say that um, I know Chris Carter very well. Actually, I lived with him while I was Philly, and he was there. And I know he's that person. He's not going to put that out that he didn't hear. And I think what I think is uh, Michigan is kind of getting tired of Harbaugh because he's not winning the game they want. It's like the Bears. Their game was the Packers. When Lovey Smith was like, oh, we're going to beat the Packers, and he didn't. They didn't care about anything else. They want to beat the Packers. And Michigan got to beat Ohio State, and they have it. And I think these coaches, you know, I've been in a situation where I was like, well, I'm in the coach. Oh, I'm never going to leave. I'm here and end up leaving in the middle of the night when Miami came and got them. And with these opportunities, these coaches say that, like Mark was saying, um, recruit. He don't want to say, yeah, I'm thinking about going, and they don't get to recruit. You know, and I gonna leave that program in a bad situation. I don't think they get all the recruits. But 
you can't, these coaches, you can't sit there and say, you know, you believe when they're going to stay at a program. And because how about Ben and so he know what it takes. And to go back, I would pay none for him to go back if it's the right team. So, you know, coaches now that played in it and like Harbaugh was with 49, had success. He's not going to go to a team that's not going to have no success right away. You know, you don't see, like Phil Jackson, he wasn't going to no team that he had to rebuild. He went to the Lakers right after the Bulls and won and did, you know. So I think these coaches and Harbaugh, I think it's a little trick that if it's the right team, he'll jump at it. You know, maybe the Packers, they talk about the Browns. I don't think the Browns are a good team. They're up and coming, but the Packers probably because you got a quarterback that's proven. So, you know, anything can happen, Mark. You know, I, I think anything yeah. can happen with these coaches. No, I, I agree. I don't think there's, yeah, there, there's definitely an element of that where, you know, you, yeah, they, they, they leave at the, the drop of a hat, especially if, you know, they think the grass is going to be greener on the other side and, and greener as in more money as well, which I think uh, Harbaugh is pretty well maxed out on his salary. So I don't think money is going to be a, a huge factor for him. And I'm not, I'm not insinuating that Chris Carter is the one that originated that, that theory, but I do think that he was probably uh, told that information by somebody who wanted him to know it so that he would, he would put it out there. Yeah. But again, you know, that's just that's a total uh, conspiracy theory that I have. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. And, and really, you know, this year in the NFL, they're, they're, I mean, both of those jobs are super highly sought-after jobs. I mean, Green Bay and, and the Browns. I mean, both of those are, are up-and-coming kind of teams. Obviously, you have the, you know, the, one of the better quarterbacks of all time with Aaron Rodgers, and then you've got the Browns who are super young, they got their quarterback of the future. They got a, a, one of the youngest teams in the NFL. And the future is certainly right there. So, yeah, I guess, you know, having knowing that there are two jobs that are so high profile and have so much potential, it's definitely possible that he, that he put his name out there. But uh, I don't know. I just, I'm just a little skeptical about it. And um, I still think that that was something that was – and I, he was pretty – adamant and pretty passionate when he addressed those rumors and, and it didn't seem like he was uh, you know he was he was all in on the fact that he's going to be staying in Michigan and again we've seen that before and people I change their mind but uh, I, I, I think he I think he is going to stay there for a while I agree with you what you said was somebody put that in you know like you said gate at the Chris because no he's going to put it out there and everybody Look at Chris and say, you know, he's a stand-up guy. You got to tell us what he heard. So that's just like, right. you know, you tell a person, you know, uh, we know Chris talks a lot, you know, so I'm going to sneak it where I mention, hey, Chris, because <laughs> I know Chris can go say it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep, exactly. So that's why I think I agree exactly. with what, what happened. Somebody probably, you know, mentioned it to Chris, and he thinks, okay, man, you know, now he got his show that he got on TV, so he's bringing the first news. It's like a, uh, 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 Lori gets to the accident scene before everybody else, you know. You want to get that client, you know. So it's like That's that. Right. You know, they get, the media get it out first, and everybody like, oh, well, he had it first, you know. So I agree with you For on sure. that, you know. Uh, yeah, and they told Chris, James, you made a good... He blooded oh, it, you sorry, know. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, James. I was going to just agree with you, too, on the point that I think 
the Michigan fans are getting a little bit frustrated with the the Harbaugh era, and you know, especially after this year. I mean, it seemed like everything was lined up for them to end up beating Ohio State. You know, Ohio State just had kind of a weird year, a lot of off the field stuff going on. Michigan had this, you know, ironclad defense, you know, best defense in the country, and to give up 62 points and not even be competitive in that game is just a super frustrating uh, outcome to them. And I think, uh, you know, obviously him coming there is a big splash hire, big name, alumnus, that whole thing. But um, I do think that uh, patience is wearing thin with with the Michigan faithful, and I think they want nothing more than to be able to beat Ohio State and, and, you know, compete for a playoff and all that kind of stuff, and, and they were just so close this year. But then the game was so out of reach that, that, that it, it appears as though they're not really that close after all. So. Well, so about, guys, let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about other going on with uh, some, another coach. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps, on and off the field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here with former NFL player James Loving. So, James, have you learned anything yet? Yeah, I'm always learning. You know, we were Mark, you know, uh, and it's funny, um, before we had him on show, and I played college ball, I didn't pay attention to college. But now I am, and I see things every time we get off the show, so when you watch a game, you're like, that's what Mark was talking about. So, yep. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of different things across football. I'm trying to enjoy it a little bit more, but 
There's some things I'm not enjoying, Chris, but I feel like I got a bone to pick with Mark later. I can't wait. Well, let's go ahead and bring Mark back on. So, again, we have our college football guru, Mark Slauson. I'm here and uh, ready right. to see what kind of bone James has to pick with me. <laughs> uh, again, j- just just stick it in, James, whenever you're ready, and I'll back off. You just ask the question. So, um, so the other other big news that happened was a couple weeks ago we heard the news that uh, Urban Meyer will be stepping down or retiring as the head coach of Ohio State. Um, has to do with his health. He has a cyst on his brain that would, you know, have he would have long-term risks if he continued coaching. You know, there's a couple games people would see him on the sideline bending over, grabbing his head. He was having these horrendous headaches. You know, the cysts were causing that in him. So, um, were you surprised to hear this news, Mark? No, not at all. Because I, I was watching pretty closely this year with Ohio State. Obviously, uh, he was embedded in the Zach Smith, his, his assistant coach, that uh, was accused of uh, spousal abuse. And, and basically, Meyer was accused of kind of enabling him and, and keeping him on the staff in spite of knowing a lot of information about that and uh, not cutting the cord with him. And I think that kind of was the the beginning of of the end for him uh he was expecting ohio state to kind of back him up 100 percent on his kind of perspective and his story and, and the reason that he kept him on board and ohio state didn't really support him as much as he wanted to and, and in fact they gave him a three-game suspension and uh that uh, i think kind of started to tear at the relationship that he had with the athletic director and the president. And it was a big mess. It was a big giant mess. And I do think that he has physical issues going on as well. I mean, it's been documented that doctors come out and and, uh, given information on that as well. So I think a lot. And again, um, he had the pretty much exact same scenario take place when he was at the University of Florida, ended up leaving that position for health reasons, uh, took a year off, and was back uh, at Ohio State after taking the year off in a very similar kind of situation where he had, that Florida program had really kind of gotten, uh, there was a lot of arrests and things within the program. He kind of left that program in shambles, really. I mean, he had got to the highest level, won two national championships there, but then things started to really deteriorate. I brought in some some kind of risky players, and it it backfired on him. And, uh, you know, at that time, he left for a heart condition, and uh, also just saying that he he wanted to spend more time with his family. Uh, This time around, very similar kind of situation with with the health scare. And, I mean, it's, again, I watched him all year. I watched his sideline demeanor. Uh, it was hard to watch, really. I mean, I, I don't like Urban Meyer, candidly, but, um, you know, you don't want to see somebody in physical pain and, and really reading. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was not really surprised. And there were some rumblings and rumors that he was going to be stepping down. And um, so, yeah, it. Uh, I think... Again, just the, the relationship, the troubled relationship that he had with his former assistant coach and and then his newfound 
trouble that he had with the administration there at uh, Ohio State uh, led to that. And um, again, you know, if he's experiencing these incredibly painful migraines all the time and they're stress induced, yeah, I mean, he's uh, got to get help on that. And, uh, you know, that's a very stressful position, obviously, being the, the head coach of Ohio State. So not too much of a surprise to me. And, um, but I will say that I do expect to see him back on the sideline. Uh, yeah, that was my next question to, to you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I think, uh, I think if, if I had to predict exactly what's going to happen, I think he's going to get treated for his, his cyst and his migraines and all that, <clears throat> get a clean bill of health, and then he'll be right back in there. Um, and I, I, again, that's assuming that uh, his, his health conditions are treatable, which I, which I obviously I hope they are, and I'm sure they they are. And um, yeah, he's he's just one of those guys that's uber competitive, really interested in his legacy, and uh, he's you know probably the number two college football head coach in, in terms of success out there. You know, second to to Nick Saban, so. And I think he'll have the kind of the the carrot out there of you know he's already won national championships at two schools and he could be the first coach to do it at three different schools if he does come back and I expect that he will and uh, I would think you know there's going to be a couple of really good jobs coming up after after this upcoming year I think USC uh, would be a, a a landing spot that I could see him going to. Um, he's definitely going to be, you know, a top 10 type school. He's not going to, you know, come back and go to, you know, Iowa State or something like that. He's going to, you know, kind of do the Phil Jackson routine that, that, uh, that James was referring to earlier and go in a place that has a great tradition and he can just go in there, plug and play and, uh, and compete for national championships. So, uh, we'll see, but uh, I do think he'll he'll make his way back on the on the sidelines. Nice, James. Yeah, I kind of agree with Mark. The only thing I uh, have to say is um, different is I think Ohio State administration gave him a big break, only three games. Um, I think they pulled him in, and something we don't know about about you know talking about him getting caught lying. But I think they gave him a big break, only three games. This should be a lot more, especially for. Um, what was going on with the domestic violence? He knew his wife knew. He said he didn't. He said he didn't. His wife. I mean, that was a big lie. They knew that. And um, I think Ohio State went those backwards for him. Three games. I think you agree with that, Chris. He should have more. Oh, absolutely. But he should have more. Look at it, but, right. But I look at it this way. Um, it took so much on him. But I can tell mm-hmm. with what went on, and you know, the backlash he was getting. You know, and when he came out, and he didn't. Really, um, they apologized to the victim, the woman. He was just, and everybody's mad about that. Then he came back and he brought her name and apologized. And I think, like you say, his health, you know, um, a lot of coaches you, you don't see have health problems. It's a stressful job. I mean, very stressful. They in the, they, I mean, they had to drop probably one, two in the morning, go home, then they back, you know, looking at films and, so I think this was something for him to get out and, and take a little break from it. Like you say, take a break from the program. I think he getting at the program saying, okay, y'all want to do this. I'm going to, you know, go somewhere else later on and, you know, come back, you know. Supposed to do that, you know. Uh, but 
hey, he, you know, he, he can go anywhere, basically, like you say, you know, any job, they're going to be looking for him when he come back and ready to come back in. But I don't think he's going to come back. I just think, you know, he's done. Um, that what happened with his, that guy, that coach, he took a big toll on him and almost um, ruined his wife's position there, you know, that the nurse at the school. And, you know, I think that was a big thing to him, so. I don't know, Mark. No, James, and I, I want you to know that I am 100% in agreement with you on the fact that I think he got off easy. I think he, but I just feel like he is probably the, one of the most powerful people in the state of Ohio, right? I mean, people live and die with the Buckeyes football team, and he's so used to getting his way, and manipulating the system and, and doing whatever else. And I just feel like he was expecting that to take place again where, you know, hey, he tells this unbelievable lie that his wife somehow doesn't know um, what's going on or that he and his wife haven't talked about this, even though his wife is completely dialed into the whole domestic abuse situation. And it's been documented how close he and his wife are and they share everything and She's even a, an employee at Ohio State. Like, just complete fabrication and a total lie. But, you know, there was no way of really proving that uh, that, that he lied. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think he, he got off easy. I think if, uh, in retrospect, uh, Ohio State lost a lot of respect nationally and just in the, in the public eye uh, for, for keeping him around. If they would have had, uh, you know, the the foresight to see the backlash, I think, and and realize that he was going to be gone after this year. I mean, they would have they would have fired him. But yeah. uh, and of course, there's also legal stuff that goes along with that. So they may not have had their ducks in a row in that in that regard. But yeah, I think he he blatantly lied, and and uh, I'm in total agreement with you on that. I think he got off easy. Wow. We'll tell you what, we got to take another break. When we come back, uh, we're actually going to start talking about the college football playoffs. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Uh, welcome back to Living That Sports Talk. Uh, again, this is Chris Marwitz, and I'm here with former NFL player James Loving. And James, it's it's always a good day when we have somebody on that 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 knows more about uh, about something than you and I, huh? Yeah, yeah. But Chris, I'm gonna pick my bone with him right now because you brought you all that right. the question. So I know where you're going with your question, Chris. I want to pick my bone to kind of tie your question. My bone with Marcus, Chris. I enjoy when we had them on here, you know, I uh, started watching college football a more. But my ball to pick with him is you don't want to watch it because you get tired of the same team, because, you know, like Alabama, you know, um, Oklahoma, wants to get in this playoff or get in the big-time thing. And that would make you deter from watching college football because it's the same team getting the same break, and they shouldn't. So it's kind of like favor because they're the big school. They bring in the money, the, the fans. They bring the support every game. They go on away game. But it's not that to the other college teams, you know, that doing real good, winning, Chris, you know, 10-0 and 0 or, you know, not getting a chance to get in the playoff or not getting a big TV game because who want to watch Garbage State and Kate? They, but they winning, you know, but they're not Oklahoma with the big money. You know, they send 20 people to the draft. Yeah, because they're getting all the TV time. But, but that's why, you know, I, I can't really I get deep down into college football, you know. That's my ball with you, Mark, you know. You say it's the best thing to watch, but are we just watching the same team and it's unfair to the other players in the world, that, you know, that's an athlete? <sighs> yeah, I, I agree with you, James. I think it's it's become a little bit anticlimactic the way that the playoff is set up. And having three of the same teams coming you know, that were in last year's playoff playing again, and then the fact that Clemson and Alabama have been in the last four playoffs, I agree. It's getting a little stale. And it, it, more than likely, Alabama is going to play Clemson for the championship, and that's going to be the fourth time in a row that they've played for the for the title. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there's been, yeah, after this year especially, I think there's a lot more clamoring to yeah, increase the amount of teams that are involved in the playoffs. It seems logical that they're going to go to an eight-game playoff, and I think that's going to kind of clear up some of the, the, the just the lethargy and having these same teams over and over again. Um, the, I mean, it's, again, and, and you've talked about this 
numerous times, James, about some of these other teams that don't even get a chance to compete. You've got, you know, UCF has won 25 games in a row, done nothing, nothing wrong. They've just keep winning and winning convincingly in a pretty decent division, I might add. The American Conference is, is solid. And they're not even sniffing the playoffs. They're not even getting a, even anywhere close to, to being in the top four. And uh, that's a shame. It, it really is. And I think it would be so much more interesting to have a team like that, even if they have to, you know, be the sacrificial lamb uh, first, uh, you know, first round for Alabama. Um, it would still be just an awesome uh, spectacle to see a team like that, uh, you know, uh, playing against a, a team like Alabama. And UCF last year beat Auburn, who was considered to be, you know, one of the top five teams or so in the country all year last year, and, and UCF beat them handily. So I think there's there's a lot of forces at work that, that try to keep the status quo going, uh, you know, namely these networks and these, of course, the Power Five conferences. And they're super powerful entities, and, and uh, they it, it, it behooves them to have their teams part of this, you know, top four and a part of all these big bowls because all these bowls and all this stuff brings money into their universities, and it's pretty obvious. But, um, the, you know, I think the networks also play a huge role in it. You know, ABC and ESPN own the rights to the, you know, the, the college playoff, and they want to get the, these, you know, the teams with all these alumni bases and the teams that are going to draw, you know, crowds uh, to the game and TV uh, viewers. So, but I, again, I think it's going to backfire here because everybody's kind of sick of seeing the same teams, like you said. I mean, uh, yes. I mean, uh, nobody wants to see Alabama again just roll to another, uh, you know, another championship. And that's probably what's going to happen. And it's, uh, it's getting, it's definitely getting old. I'm with you on that. So yeah. bone picked, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to, you know, agree with you on that that take. All right, all right. So let, let, let's get in and talk about the college football playoffs a bit. Um, so, Mark, first off, were you surprised when Georgia was bumped up ahead of Oklahoma in Week 14, and this was the week prior to the Alabama Georgia game? Uh, I I wasn't surprised about that. I think they really what. What ESPN wanted was for Georgia to end up beating Alabama in a close game. That was their dream scenario because it would have put two SEC teams in the in the college playoff. And it's again, I mean, I've, I've talked about this to death for the last three years, but this, this, you know, the SEC scheduling and the the, the boost that they get in their rankings is just it's criminal really <laughs> i'm so sick of it because uh, they have you know they want as many as I mean, they have i think there's nine teams right now that are ranked in the sec uh in the final you know top 25 you know and before the bowls get played which is just absurd uh yeah. again they all get they all get four wins that are easy wins so they all start their season basically four and oh and if they just win a couple of conference games you know they're up six seven games uh, that they've won, and they, and it, just being in the SEC gives them cachet and this kind of self uh, fulfilling prophecy that all these teams in the SEC have such a 
you know, a rough road to get through their SEC schedule. But again, they play one less conference game than than these other division or than these other conferences do. And uh, again, they inflate their records with these playing all these cupcakes. So uh, it didn't surprise me in the least that they they came, you know, that they were ranked ahead of Oklahoma in that second to last uh, ranking. And uh, yeah, that's again, I, I really feel like you know ESPN is in bed with the ACC. And so, kind of, they're talking heads. Everybody is just, you know, they'll shove it down your throat how great the SEC is. And uh, what better way to celebrate that than to have two teams in you know, the playoffs like they did last year. And I think that's what they were really gunning for. And, um, you know, thankfully, um, cooler heads prevailed and smarter people, and they left uh, Georgia out of the, the playoffs. Um, but yeah, it was, um, I, I can see that stuff coming a mile away. It's, it, I mean, Florida is like nine, they're ranked nine and that is not a good team. I mean, they're, they, <laughs> they beat LSU and, um, that's about it there. It's, it's just crazy how much inflation these SEC teams get. So, um, yeah, yeah not surprised at all to see them bumped up over Oklahoma. James? Well, Chris, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to um, just say one thing, and then I want you to, you to ask the question with Mark. And you okay. Know, I'm going to listen and chime in, but cause you watch more college football than me, Chris, too, so you know. But I just want to say one thing. I'd like to hear, you know, you and Mark, the guy, you know, you know better, but I agree with him on that Jordan thing because I kind of turned on the radio while I was working. Every, I think they wanted Georgia to win. I think Mark was right about that. Um, it didn't happen. They thought the game would be better and Georgia come on winning. But um, like I said, you know, it's just stunning to me that it's the same team. It's getting like, you know, Cobalt with me. Like they hate to go every time. It's getting old. So, I'm gonna, you know, Chris, I know your question you got for Mark. I'm going to listen to you guys. And um, I, I have something to say. I'm going to chime in. But I like to learn, you know, that why is it always different things with this, with your question, so. Okay. I'm okay, Mark. So let, let me ask you this: Did the committee get the rank? Did, did they get the ranking right? Alabama first, Clemson second, Notre Dame third, Oklahoma four. I think so. I do. I think they did a good job this year, really, of the top four. Again, there was a, a real hardcore push from some pundits, and and specifically. Kirk, uh, Kirk Herbstreet, who's a, turned into kind of a SEC homer, uh, to get Georgia in the playoff, and I think that would have been criminal. I mean, they th- basically their best their best win, quote unquote, was a loss to Alabama, and you know, uh, of course they beat uh, they got actually they got crushed by LSU. They lost by twenty points, and they, they didn't really have that many great wins. They beat Florida again, who was artificially inflated to number nine and they beat Kentucky who is not a good team either, uh, but happens to be in the top 15 for reasons that we've already stated. Uh, so yeah, I thought, I didn't think their resume was that great at all. Uh, they had a really, really, really weak out of conference schedule and, um, you know, Oklahoma won their conference and, uh, they, you know, I thought Oklahoma and Ohio State had had more of a claim to, to be in the top four 
than Georgia did. And uh, so I'm glad that they, you know, the committee saw through that and, and, and made the right decision. And I was actually kind of surprised because I thought, I mean, there was just so much, it almost came out of nowhere, but not really, um, you, you know, just this push to, to get Georgia in there. And I think they really wanted it that way, but uh, uh, thankfully they, they did not. And they, they included Oklahoma in there, which is, you know, I think they, obviously they struggled on defense all year. OU did, but uh, they definitely had a, you know, they won their conference and, and, and they challenged themselves uh, in their out of conference schedule. And uh, they, they won a pretty, pretty salty big 12 this year. I think the big 12 uh, made some strides this year and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they also avenged their only loss. You know, they lost to Texas uh, in October and they came back and beat them. So they, they had the claim that they, you know, essentially beat everybody on their schedule. So I, I think that made it pretty easy on the committee actually to, to, to allow them to um, hit the number four spot there. Gotcha. And then, you know, Notre Dame undefeated, you know, so. Yes. um, Yeah. Nothing to knock there. And they had a, they had a pretty, pretty decent schedule too. So uh, I didn't have any problem with the committee. I mean, obviously the no brainers were, you know, an undefeated Clemson and undefeated Alabama. That was easy. Uh, really Notre Dame too. I mean, those guys were all undefeated. So it really came down to that four spot and, and I think they, they picked the right team in, in choosing Oklahoma to play for the national championship. Well, tell you what, let's take our last break and we come back. We're going to talk about, about those, the matchups with those four teams. And then we're going to talk about a couple other bowl games that I'd like your, your opinion on, on who's going to win. So we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Have we got a high energy, all access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports fans, players, coaches, and owners are all on Twitter. And the Voice America Sports Channel is there, too. If you need to stay on top of sports news and the most current discussions, follow us today at Voice AM Sports. That's Voice AM Sports on Twitter. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We'll be right back. 
you're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm here with James Loving, and we have, have as our guest uh, our college football guru, Mark Slauson. Again, Mark, you know, before we end the show, I just wanted to, to, to again tell you thank you for being on because you know, James and I, you know, after you're on, we, we actually talk about things and we go and watch some of the games and we discuss things. And, and yes, we do say, yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark told us that. Mark said that was going to happen. And, you know, so it's, it's really good to have you with us. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it is, Mark. Appreciate you taking the time out, too. Definitely, Mark. Oh, no problem, man. I love talking to you guys, so it's all good. So, Mark, let's go ahead and get into the nitty-gritty of the matchups for the, the the college football playoffs. And, of course, they have Alabama versus Oklahoma, which basically pits Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray, who just won the Heisman, against uh, Alabama quarterback, uh, and it's Tua Tungavalu. I, I had to pronounce. I had to actually go in and and pronounce how to, how to spell his his last name because it's kind of tough. Hey, close enough. And close he, enough, Chris. Exactly. Well, and and he was actually, you know, the, Tua was was the one who was supposed to have won the Heisman. Everyone said he was going to win it. He's a sophomore. Yeah. <laughs> He's a sophomore. Yeah. He still has two years left if he stays. Um, right. Okay. What's going to so, so it's going to be it's going to be the, the 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 Viking versus Viking with the quarterback. Um, yeah, and of course, then we got the defense of the Alabama and Oklahoma. They got fast people in there. What's going to happen? Who's going to mm-hmm. Who's going to be victorious? You know, I, I think it ultimately, I think Alabama is, is going to prove to be too uh, uh, too tough for, for OU. I think it's going to be a close game, though. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. If you look back at the teams that Alabama has struggled with in the past. It's been teams that have a mobile quarterback that can either, you know, have the run, pass option. Uh, in the past, you know, Deshaun Watson when he was at Clemson, uh, Johnny Manziel at A&M, those teams ended up really carving uh, through the, the Alabama defense and gave them a, a heck of a time. So I think um, I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I mean, Kyler Murray is, uh, really an unbelievable player and um, a competitor. You know, he's, he's lost one game in his entire career. Um, actually, you know what, I, I take that back. I think he lost a few at A&M. Never mind. Um, he, he never lost <laughs> when he was in high school. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about his, his A&M uh, tenure there. Um, but he never lost a game in high school. Uh, won, like, four state championships or something crazy. And he has, you know, he lost the one game to Texas at, at OU. Uh, the, you know, the, the the thing that I would worry about is just the way Alabama's offense matches up against OU's defense. I, mean, I think OU is going to score a lot of points. I really do. Uh, but I do think that that Alabama is going to be able to kind of answer that. They're going to wear them down with their run game. Uh, Tua is, you know, he's just an incredible athlete quarterback and. You know, they're basically, you know, we were talking about it kind of during the break, but it's almost like they're a pro team. Uh, just the amount of guys on their offensive and defensive line, I mean, all those guys are going to end up going to the NFL. 
and they're just, you know, bigger, stronger, faster. So uh, you do have the, you know, Lincoln Riley, uh, the head coach of Oklahoma, you know, he schemed a great plan against uh, uh, Georgia last year, and Georgia was considered to have a defense similar to what Alabama has. Uh, and OU put up like 45 points on, on Georgia. So I think they're going to score a lot of points, uh, but their defense has really been porous this year. I mean, they gave up 40 points to Kansas, if that tells you anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, if Kansas can score 40 on them, then I'm sure Alabama can, you know, score at least 50. And, um, uh, you know, the Bama is going to try to kind of wear them down I think they're going to try to use up uh, use up some clock and keep uh, Murray off the field, and um, I think ultimately just their depth and just their their line play uh, is going to propel Alabama to the win. So, yay! Just kidding, not really. All Actually, right, I hate Alabama. Both <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about the next one: Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah, you know, this one I think is going to be a close, closer one, too. I mean, I know it's like an 11-point spread. Uh, Clemson is, is favored. And really, I mean, you can you can look back on, on Clemson's season, and, and ever since they, they put in uh, Hunter Lawrence as their starting quarterback, you know, their offense has really taken off. Uh, their defense is absolutely solid as can be. Uh, you know, they got – Four guys on the defensive line that are going to end up being NFL guys, including three that are projected to go in the first round. It's just it's a, an embarrassment of riches up front for them. And um, you know Notre Dame has just had. I mean they've kind of had one of those years that's uh, almost like a charmed season. Uh, they've had some some good fortune. You know they played a couple of close games that sort of you know make you wonder. I mean they played a really close game against Wake Forest. Uh, and uh, they had a pretty close game against Northwestern as well. Uh, I think Clemson just out-athletes them uh, by, a, by a large margin, and I'm afraid a little bit that it's going to turn out to be, um, I know James remembers this game, but when Notre Dame played up against, uh, against Alabama in the, uh, in the BCS championship, it was, uh, it was a just a terrible game and it was a blowout yeah it was. <laughs> um i know yeah it was ugly it was like 38 to 7 or something um so it could go down that way the other thing is though <clears throat> because notre dame plays that kind of a, a, a schedule where they play against some acc teams you know they have played clemson here in the last couple of years so i don't think they're going to necessarily you know show up feeling uh intimidated or defeated and I know they've played them close. Uh, so, you know, I'm hoping for a close game. Uh, Ian Book, the, the quarterback for Notre Dame, he's been, been something else. Uh, and uh, once he got in, uh, once he took over uh, the helm there, uh, they've been a lot better offensively. So both have great defenses. I think it could be a kind of a low-scoring type of game. And you know what? Actually, Clemson's their their secondary has been pretty vulnerable. I know they they gave up uh, a lot of yards there towards the end of the year. I think NC State really uh, was able to pass on them uh, pretty freely, as was Syracuse. So uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I'm expecting that one to be kind of a lower scoring, kind of slug fest type game. And uh, I think uh, Clemson wins a close game on that one. 
All right. So last one, since you, you've picked Alabama and Clemson, who's going to win the, the, the championship between those two? In the fourth time um, in a row. I think oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Alabama. Mm. I think Bama's going to take it. It's super boring, and nobody really wants to see it unless you happen to live in Tuscaloosa or you're <laughs> you know, like a bandwagon fan or if you're an SEC homer because they like to root for their SEC team so they can you know gotcha. tell everybody how great they are. Um, the rest of us, Suckers are going to have to watch them probably win another championship. So, yay. Okay, well, I'm marking this down for you that Mark said these are the winners. So, we'll live vicariously through it. Bet on so. it. I, I, I'm like the worst better of all time. So, don't, please don't put <laughs> money on it. Hey, any given Sunday, any, anyone can show up and be great. We know that. So, we'll True. just have to see. True. All right. Absolutely. Uh, well, well, actually, I, I heard the music. We're going to have to end the show. J- James, did you have something you want to say quickly? I just want to say thank Mark again. Like I said, uh, we're going to have you back on, so get ready. Yep, we'll do it. No we got problem. a few hey, more weeks anytime. left. Yep, anytime. You guys just let me know. I'm more than happy to do the show. I love doing it. And, uh, yeah, uh, Merry Christmas to you all, and I appreciate, the, appreciate you putting me on. All right, Mark. Thank you very much. You have a great week and good Christmas, and uh, you take care. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. We'll be back next Wednesday, and hopefully everyone turns back in and listens to us. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry. James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. We'll be right back.